I can't tell you how excited I am that you are joining us for the first week of this remarkable new series that I'm calling Dangerous Prayers. Listen, over the course of the next several weeks, I want to teach you how to begin to pray some prayers that will literally shake up the dreams and ambitions that you may be pursuing that will destabilize your sense of uh, legacy and destiny uh, that will cause some confusion every now and then because you'll find your life was headed in one direction. But as you start praying the prayers that I'm talking about praying, you're going to have some God shifts. Can somebody shout God shifts and you'll find your life headed in a God direction. And on other occasions, it's not a shift in your direction that will happen as a result of praying these prayers. But it will be a shift in the why you're moving towards the pursuit that you're moving to. It'll be such a radical shift that you'll find yourself making the sacrifices that you could have never imagined. And in the middle of all of that, yeah, there's going to be some risk and some fear that will be opened up through these, through these prayers that I want to teach you how to pray. But in the middle of all of that, you're going to find yourself waking up on occasion uh, in the midst of what I just want to call God's mind-blowing uh, movement in your life. You'll find yourself saying things like, I cannot imagine, believe that God is doing X, Y, and Z through my life. I can't imagine that God did that through my life. The byproducts of your being willing to have your life shaken up by dangerous prayers. Now, let me just go ahead and acknowledge that, um, you know, this whole notion of dangerous prayers is not original to me. As a matter of fact, uh, I first heard it from uh, a number of months ago from Pastor Craig Cushell. I think I was listening to a podcast and uh, he uh, was talking in that podcast about a series that he had done sometime earlier called Dangerous Prayers. And I've never heard the series, but it got stuck in my brain dangerous prayers. I actually got stuck in my heart. And, um, you know, as I thought more about it, like, man, that captures the biblical heroes and herons that, that I often preach about and I think about all the time. For example, Daniel. You know, when I say this notion of dangerous prayers, I just had this remarkable picture of Daniel. You know, he was a powerful official in the Babylonian government, but he was a man of faith. And, and the scripture says he prayed three times a day. And the kinds of prayers that he prayed, man, opened up all kinds of God movement around him. But it also landed him in, in, in a lion's den. So he went from the, from the palace courts to the lion's den, risk and, and danger. But you know what? Through it all, God's purpose was fulfilled. And, and, and as we read through the book of Daniel, we see Daniel looking around and saying, man, I can't believe that God did that through my life. You know, I think about dangerous prayers. I, 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 I think about my grand-aunt, my grand-uncle, who you know, I regularly would see my grand-aunt at night, my grand-uncle in the morning, on their knees praying. And, 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 and out of those prayers, this just, you know, came remarkable power through their lives. <laughs> and, and one of the things that I think that came to them through those prayers, talking about danger, was me. <laughs> yeah, they were in their mid, uh, late 50s, mid 60s when miraculously God brought me into their lives. What a ride that was. What risk, what danger, but what excitement. And before they left this earth, they were all able to look around and, and look at what God had done through them 
in my life and say, wow, I cannot. It's mind-blowing what God did. You know, when I think about them and praying dangerous prayers, thinking about living a life pulsating with God's purpose, I think about kind of where I want to be when I get ready to take my last breath. And as I, as I think of my grand-aunt, grand-uncle, and think of other people of faith, you know, I want to suggest that if you pray the prayers that I'm going to teach you to pray, when you get ready to draw that last breath, it won't just be a sigh of relief. It's going to be a sigh of fulfillment. Can you say fulfillment? It's, that's what we hear in the words of Jesus in the, in the minutes before he dies, in the minute before he takes that last breath, we hear him crying out, it is finished. I've done the assignment that I've been put here on the earth. And here he is in the midst of the crucifixion. And the text says he breathes his last. It's not just a sigh of relief, my brothers and sisters, my friends. <laughs> it's a sigh of fulfillment. So I want to encourage you. Uh, Pastor Craig Rochelle has actually written a book called Dangerous Prayers. Uh, I have read through that book, I'm going to take some of the insights that he has taught in that book, and I'm going to share it over the course of the next several weeks in, uh, uh, in, in this teaching moment. But this is not where I want to start. Where I want to start is with a piece, a passage in First Chronicles chapter 4, as the writer is, is working through uh, those who would be descendants of the, of the 12 patriarchs and the 12, ultimately the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel. And it gets to this, the, the tribe of Judah that is equated with worship and praise and fidelity to God. You know, Jesus' earthly lineage runs through Judah. And he's just taking off names of all kinds of people because there's all kinds of people in God's kingdom, you know. Uh, and, and, and he's just ticking off the names, not saying anything significant about it, but it comes to this fellow by the name of Jabez. And some of you may recognize this notion of Jabez or Jabez prayer. Oh, I don't know, about a, a decade or so ago, uh, Pastor Bruce Wilkerson wrote a book called Jabez Prayer. And, and, and it became an incredible popular prayer. And... Um, you know, people started to pray it and God began to move in their lives. It was a wonderful thing. I want to start at this prayer. I want to start at this prayer. Let's, let's, let's look what it says. It says, there was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother's name, him Jabez, because his birth had been so painful. He was the one, uh, had been so painful, period. <laughs> he was the one who prayed the God of Israel, this one, the one whose birth had been birthed in pain. Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And here comes the resounding note. And God granted him his request. There's the text. Now, as you think about this prayer, I, I, I want to start here because the very last message that you heard me teach two weeks ago was a message that, that I entitled, Your God-Sized Dream. 
And, and if you've been following me over a period of time, if you heard that message, you know that I challenge you. I said, listen, as the pandemic begins to shift and as the nation starts to open up, uh, I, I challenge you that if you don't have a, uh, that, that if you didn't have a God-sized dream, that I said to you, you should start praying that God will set your heart ablaze with this, with a, with a brand new God-sized dream because new dreams initiate new seasons. And when we listen to Jabez's prayer, I mean, what you hear is a fella that's actually praying about a God-sized dream. Oh, Lord, that you would expand my territory, the boundaries of my, 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 my Lord, if you would expand my influence and impact. That's what he's saying. And oh, God, come on now, if, 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 you, would, if, if you would bless me. And then if you, would, if you would be with me, in other words, if you would anoint my life with your power, and if you would keep me from hurt uh, and evil, the way I translate that is, uh, w- w- as you extend my influence <laughs> uh, 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 at the height of my power, give me the discipline not to do something stupid to bring pain to myself and to pain to people around me. That's how I translate that. Now, uh, Pastor Craig, he'll, he has a different take on that portion of the text, and you'll read a little bit about that a little further. But that's how I translate that text. A God-sized dream. And God directed my attention to this dream. And then he says, but I don't want you to teach about the dream. I, I want you to teach about the power Behind the dream, I, 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 I want you to go back and notice something that in all the years that I've heard people preach and teach about this Jabez dream, I have not heard them that I have not heard them mention this part of the text that we seem to race past. I want you to notice this. Here, here it is. There was a man named Jabez who was more honorable. Stop. Oh, I know it says more honorable than his, his brothers. And, and, and let me just hasten to say, I don't want you to get into the comparison game. That is not the point of this, of this, of this teaching, nor what God is trying to, to, to call our attention to here. Uh, he, he wants you to see this. We, we run across it real quickly. See, who was more honorable? Yeah, I, I love to tell a story. One of my favorite stories that I, I like telling is that you know, the story is that there was a preacher who showed up in a small town and he was a popular preacher and the church packed out and he, he, he they, they did like five nights of worship services where he preached and, and, and every night people were coming and surrendering their life to Jesus. And on one afternoon, my goodness, uh, before service started, he was in the pastor's office and he was kind of bragging about what, how effective and how powerful his, his preaching was, his teaching was. And the senior pastor said, well, listen, come go with me. And he took him, he took him down five flights of stairs into the basement behind the boiler. And there was a little space back there. There was just three elderly women in their 80s and their 90s and their late 70s. And, and they, had, he, he, they were there praying. And the pastor said, here is the power. Here's the source of what you see happening upstairs in those prayers. Oh, my goodness. Uh, 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 Jabez, who was 
more honor. I, 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 God is saying, yeah, yeah you, did you notice the God-sized dream in the prayer he was praying? Well, I want to take you down five flights of stairs, come on now, in the basement behind the brawler, and I want you to see the, the power is captured really in two words. More honorable. And, and, and this is the beginning of what I want to call the emerging of what I want to call one of the most dangerous prayers that you can ever pray. Hmm. Lord, make me more honorable. <laughs> can you just say that with me? Just say that out loud. Lord, make me more honorable. You see, what God was saying is, I want to shift your attention. And those of you who are listening, it's important. I've I've, I've drilled it for you to have a God-sized dream. But but God said, now that you're ready to pursue a God-sized dream, I want you to think about the heart behind the dream. (laughs) You see, that's that's where we're going here. See, 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 this notion that that Jabez was, was, was more honorable says something about the heart behind the dream that he was praying and God is saying I I, I want you to start praying a prayer that I'm going to use to get you ready for what I have for the future And, and it begins with this prayer Lord make me more honorable can you say honorable? Type that in the chat, honorable. You know, when, when I, uh, I hear the word honorable, here's what I think. Here's what I hear. It immediately pops into my mind words like character, integrity, and honesty. Honorable. And when you start praying this prayer, dangerous prayer. Lord, make me more honorable. There are at least two what I want to call dangerous acknowledgments that, that, that's going to start to happen in your life. The first dangerous acknowledgement that's going to happen is this. I can be more honorable. When you start praying the prayer, Lord, make me more honorable, what you're, what you're essentially saying is, God, I'm acknowledging I can be more honorable. Honorable, Yeah. As you think about the relationships that you have with your, yeah, your spouse, your significant other, your best friend, your sibling, your daughter, your parent, and, and, and in some of those struggling places, you know. Uh, perhaps God doesn't just want you to focus on the trouble that's in the other person that, that you're wrestling with. Maybe God is also using that trouble to work on your character. The person who prays, God, make me more honorable, is acknowledging that there's, I, there's room for me to grow in my character. Pastor Rick Warren used to say all the time, you say, God is far more interested in shaping your character than he is in making you comfortable. Because your character, that's, that's what you carry into eternity with you. As you think about your relationships with the people that you work with at work and, and uh, folk you report to and folk who report to you and, and all the ups and downs in those relationships, how you interact with them. I mean, if you start praying to pray, Lord, make me more honorable, you're, you're acknowledging, you know what, there's room for me to grow in my integrity. Yeah. 
As you start examining your, the, 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 the dreams that you're pursuing. Jabez is pursuing a dream here. The ambitions that you're chasing in life. Uh, 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 and you start praying to prayer. God, make me more honorable. Suddenly you begin to get in touch with not just what you're praying, but why you're praying. Not just what you're dreaming, but why you're dreaming. Not just what you're pursuing. But why are you pursuing me? And this is not just for people who are in public life. This is for people, uh, you know, this is parents and grandparents who are, who are staying at home and who are engaging with family. God says, you know, as you pray the prayer, God, make me more honorable what you're beginning to acknowledge is, you know what? In my heart of hearts, there's room for me to grow in my honesty. Let me give you a quick example. You know, I've pastored now churches across the country over the course of the last 30 years. In almost every setting, I run across people who uh, have a tendency of doing wonderful, beautiful, loving things for other people. But the reason they do those wonderful, beautiful, loving things for other people, listen now, is so that those people will feel indebted to them. And put those people in a position where they can be manipulated and controlled. <laughs> you know, it makes me think about one of my favorite, uh, you know, and forgive me, uh, but I'm a Godfather fan, guys. I love the Godfather 1, Godfather 2, Godfather 3. And uh, here's a picture of, uh, of Don Victor Colleone. And, and one, of the, one of the things that the Godfather used to do is that people would come to him for favor. And he'd kiss his ring and say, hey, I, I need a favor. And, and the Godfather, he would do the favor. But then after he, or he would agree to do the favor. <laughs> and then this is uh, Marilyn Brando. And, you know, he had a wispy voice. I don't know why he get it, but he had a wispy voice. He would, he would say after agreeing to do the favor. <laughs> uh, and they would be, oh, thank you, Mr. Godfather. Thank you. And he would say something to the effect, someday, and that day may never come, I'm going to come to you and ask you to serve me. I'll expect the favor. But until that day come, enjoy your gift. <laughs> In other words, God must say, I got you, buddy. I got you. I got you. When I call you, you better answer. When I say jump, you better say, hi, hi. I did a beautiful thing for you, but the, but the, the reason behind it is ugly. There are a lot of people operating in homes and operating in families. The Godfather is seen as a family man in the text, in, in, in the movie, right? You did a lot of wonderful things that you brag about and you feel good about, but God has said, come closer. There's room for you to be a little bit more honest. Why are you doing those wonderful things? Who are you, are you manipulating? Now listen, as I talk about this, some of you listening to me, you're beginning to squirm a little bit in your seat. You're beginning to get a little uncomfortable. You're thinking about other people. You know, you know why? Because you think of yourself as the person that when you show up in the room, you're always the most honest person in the room. You're the person who has real integrity. It's, it's everybody else that's in trouble. It's everybody else that needs to grow. But God wants you to hear me say to you, 
the, the one who is righteous and upright. God said, I'm talking to you. Start praying this prayer. This dangerous prayer. God, make me more honorable. And you'll begin to discover that there's room for you to grow in your character, in your integrity, and in your honesty. What's the why behind what you do? And, 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 and the second acknowledgement is this, guys. The second acknowledgement is this, that as you start praying the prayer, you move from saying, you know what, I could be a little bit more honorable to saying, I want to be more honorable, that, that God wants to get you and he wants to get me to a place, come on, in your relationship first with him and it spills into all the other relationships where, where, where you're, you're praying this prayer and you get to a desperate place. You say, God, I want to have better character. I want to have greater integrity. I want to be more honest, and I want the life that I live to come out of those places. God, do whatever it takes to help me to become more honorable, because I don't want there to be a gap between who I say that I am and who I really am. If I'm going to pursue a God-sized dream, if I'm going to be ambitious in the world, I want to be for the reasons for the right reasons to bring honor and glory to you and your purposes. Some of us have purposes, right purposes, purpose in the chat there. And uh, uh, circle that. I'm going to come back to that in a big way uh, next week. All right, so here's a question that you need to ask. It's a natural question. Why would I want to pray this prayer? Why? Why? Why would I want to begin to face the ugliness? Why would I want to, want to go places in this prayer? <laughs> well, well uh, a few days ago, our staff had a retreat, and we were studying together the book of, of uh, Joshua, the f- chapters uh, 3 to 4. It's the, the nation of Israel uh, is, is at the, the banks of the Jordan River, and God is about to do a great miracle. They've been in the wilderness for 40 years, and now he's about to position them, and he's going to miraculously open the Jordan like he did, um, you know, 40 years early, and he miraculously opened the Red Sea. And, and then when they pass through the Jordan, they're going, to, they're going to make their way, come on now, into the land of promise. They're going to walk through the Jordan into answered prayers. They're going to walk through the Jordan into fulfilled dreams. Come on, that's why it's called the land of promise. Yes, it's going to be filled with danger. Yes, it's going to have a lot that's going to have a lot of battles that they're going to have to fight to secure it and yet it is a place flowing with milk and honey it is a place where they will build new homes and and and, and engage in new prosperity oh yes oh yes it, it's their god-sized dream coming to pass but before god does this great thing he says to joshua here's what i want you to tell the people he says tell them purify yourselves Purify yourselves. In other words, he's saying, position them to begin to pray to me. Lord, make me more honorable in my character. Make me more honorable in my integrity. Make me more honest, not just about what I want, but why I want it. Why? Why would God have them to consecrate? That's another word for purify. Consecrate their heart just before this grand miracle. Well, because God knew that if their heart desire was, 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 was in the wrong posture, if the motives was wrong, 
that, that when they grabbed hold to the blessing, uh, they would turn the blessing into a curse. Because at the end of the day, God didn't want them focused more on it than they would be on him. The one who provided the blessing. And you say, what is it? It is the freedom. It is the prosperity. Come on. It is the, the new job opportunity. No, no. Because those things go and those things come. But ultimately, you want to reach through those things. You want to be doing the great work and purposes of God. And, 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 and you want to live a life that's honoring him rather than serving it. So tell them to consecrate, purify yourselves. He says, why? <laughs> because tomorrow, guys, uh, God says, I'm, I'm burning up with excitement. The Lord, I'm, I'm the Lord. I'm, I'm going to do some mind-blowing stuff in your life. I want to do great wonders among you. And, and I'm not suggesting make your heart perfect. God is not saying that. God is saying, I want you to position your heart for a new level of faithfulness, a, a, a heart that says that my highest priority is to worship and to serve you, not it. If I can get you in, a, you know, I, I know you're going to mess up, but if this is the, if the general posture of your heart, if this is the default setting in your heart to worship God, oh, I can use you in a mighty way. Go ahead and pray those big dreams because get ready tomorrow. Listen, God wants me to say to somebody that God has a God tomorrow for your life. And in that God tomorrow, come on now, he, he's getting ready to do some great and wonderful, so to perform some wonders, if you will. Not just for you, but through you. You see, Immature faith only focuses on what God does for me. Immature faith only focuses on God bless me. Fully developed faith is all about what God said to Abraham <laughs> and, 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 it was, and ultimately falls to Sarah and to their family. I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing. You see, when the old oppressed gets into the Land of the promise. I don't want you to become new oppressors. <laughs> See, when those who are living between want and need get into the space of prosperity, I don't want you to think the prosperity is just for your elevation. It is for others. Mature faith. Oh, God is saved. I can just get you at a place of faithfulness. Whew. Okay, so that's why. Because God's got a tomorrow in your future where he's getting ready to do some great wonders in your life. Oh, my God. Oh God. Okay, okay, how, how, how? All right, coming to the end here. It's a fascinating story about David. I'm sure many of you know it. And it's, it's part of the story that's behind David writing Psalms 139. And, and here's the deal. David becomes kind of Saul, the king of Israel, right hand. God has, has made it clear that David is to be the next king, talking about God-sized dream, that David is to be Saul's successor. Out of jealousy, Saul turns on his mentee, and he begins to use his power to try to kill him, to assassinate him. And David finds himself running from here to there as, Paul, as Saul and those who are with Saul seeks to try to find him and to kill him. 
And Saul, David in his mind is pretty clear. He knows that God has called him to that wonderful God-sized dream. He's going to sit in the throne. He's going to be king one day. And, 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 and in his mind, he knows who his enemies are. He knows that Saul is an enemy now and that the henchmen around Saul, that they are enemies. He, he knows that when he looks at his ways, he, he concludes, my ways are pure and just and my motives are right. And everybody around him feels that, that that's the way David is. And yet, it's out of a place of a prayer that says, God, makes, make me more honorable that we get Psalms 139. And if you've been tracking us for several weeks, you, this is a familiar psalm to you, right? It begins by, by David saying, and once you understand that he's really praying, God, make me more honorable. <laughs> Work on my character, my integrity. I'm not sure I'm as honest as I portray myself to be. That's when David begins to say, oh, God, you have you examined my heart. <laughs> you know, my you, you, you know, my thoughts from afar off. In other words, I, I, I need to stop fooling. Trying. I can't fool you, God. Come on. He goes on a little later on. He says, look uh, to you. Uh, the darkness is light to you. In other words, I've discovered, God, that I can hide some stuff from some other people, but I can't hide anything from you. He says, God, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You've made me and filled my life with greatness, and yet there is some gaps between who I am and who I say I am and who I actually am. And so finally it comes to the passage that you guys have heard before. <laughs> this beautiful passage here. And so he says, so search me. You remember I said before, he's already said that God has examined and know him. So when he says, search me, O God, and know my heart, what David is saying is, God, I so want to be more honorable. Will you just turn the light on the dark places in my heart? Will you show me the things that I've been hiding from, from myself? Test me that, 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 that you may know that I may know. Uh, uh, test me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. That prayer comes out of a place, God, make me more honorable. So how do I, you know, how do I, so, 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 so I, I want to just challenge you to pray this powerful prayer. God, I want to be more honorable, so would you search my heart? And I want to say you, there's just some power in just praying this prayer. I'll conclude by just sharing quickly the story from uh, Pastor Craig Rochelle. He said he was a teenager. And in his youth group, he was the leader. He was the president of the youth group. He says he was an admired young man among his church uh, peers that when the older people saw him, they would say to their kids, how come you can't be more like Craig? So one weekend they went away on a... On a um, on a, on a youth camp trip. And the youth pastor gave them this passage that I just showed you a moment ago and told them to just walk off by themselves and just start praying this prayer. Lord, search my heart. I know, Lord, 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 search me and reveal to me my heart. Lord, search me. And and he said as he started to pray that prayer, he said he had a revelation. And he wished he could have said that the revelation was that all of his ways were pure, that his heart was holy. Come on now. He wished he could have said the revelation was, was you, know, you know, Craig, you know, I'm so super proud of you. 
But contrary to what anybody else would have believed, his was his experience. He says, I just sensed a very personal and holy presence. And in the same moment that I felt an unmistakable heavenly love, watch this, I also simultaneously realized the extent of my sinfulness. I was such a hypocrite. I want you to notice in this, in this retelling of what happened to him, I want you to notice a feeling that he felt. The, the feeling that he felt was, I felt an unmistakable heavenly love. And then I want you to notice a realization that he had. He says, I simultaneously realized the extent of my sinfulness that I was a hypocrite. Do you get a connection? Some of us are afraid to go to the Lord and, and ask him to search us because we're afraid that we're going to find a tyrant God who's ready to crush us. But the first experience he had of God was an, uh, what he felt was God's overwhelming love. Then that feeling allowed him to open himself up so that he could experience the conviction that was necessary for his transformation. And what, 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 what Craig discovered is that God did not want to crush him under his feet like, like an ant. But, but what God wanted to do was really to release him to fly like a beautiful butterfly. And so he confronted him with his hypocrisy. So what Craig discovered in that moment, that this is a God of love who, 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 who was not interested in, in just Craig wallowing in feeling bad about who he had pretended to be. Although we ought to feel bad if we are lying and cheating and maneuvering and manipulating and all that. But that should not be the end goal. Come on, that's, that's just the byproduct of God beginning to purify our hearts. God didn't want him to end up feeling bad. God wanted him to end up being better. God, 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 God's overwhelming love suggested to Craig that God didn't just want to forgive him. Yes, God wanted to forgive him. Come on, lean in here. But God didn't just want to forgive him. God wanted to redeem him, to, to, to elevate his life to the, to the next level. Because here is a statement that is worth your writing down and memorizing. It's this statement here. God's grace is for your growth. God's grace is for my growth. Put that in the chat. God's grace is for my growth. Why would you do that to Craig, God? Well, Craig would tell you later, uh, God wanted him to begin the process of purifying his heart because God has some mind-blowing wonders that he would do to that young man's life as he would elevate him to be a pastor of integrity and character that would literally minister and disciple uh, millions of people over across the years of ministry. But I got I to strengthen your character. I got to extend your integrity. I got to get you to be a little bit more honest about what's under the hood of your life. Turn the light on. I dare you to pray this dangerous prayer. Lord, make me more honorable. I end here. <laughs> Some of you said 30, 40 years you've been trying to do stuff, but you just can't do it. Can't change this. I'm just who I am. I just got to keep pretending about it. That's what you're thinking. No, no, no. Start praying to pray. You know, 
And my wife was here. She would say some strange things is happening to me. <laughs> she would tell you that uh, over the last six months, uh, you know, I've been cleaning the bathroom on my own, disinfecting various things, do it two or three times a day. She showed me how to do it once, and I've just been doing it. I'm embarrassed to acknowledge that it took 35 years. <laughs> but, 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 but do you get the point? But I'm growing. I'm changing. So how did it happen after 35 years? Well, my heart's desire has started to pray the prayer, God, Lord, make me more honorable. I dare you to pray that prayer over and over and over again. Lord, keep making me more honorable because I want to experience all the wonders you've prepared. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise be to God. Listen, guys, let me just encourage you. If you're watching it on Facebook, go ahead and share this message. I know you got some friends and family who want to hear this. And uh, Lord willing, we'll see you next week. Come on, guys. I want you to take a step with me towards Jesus. Right now in the Facebook, uh, in your Facebook feed, uh, there's a link uh, popping up to our connection card. It's certainly a link on our website. Uh, and if you have the app, you can just open up the app right now and go to uh, our Sunday screen and our connection card section and find next steps with Jesus. Here's the deal. Some of you are watching. Your next step forward in faith is to say, today, I want to become a Jesus follower. Yeah, yeah. That's my first step towards becoming more honorable and living a transformative life of faith. I want to become a Jesus follower. And for others, it's, you know, I want to return to my faith. And still others, you're looking for more information. And there are appropriate uh, boxes there for you to check. That's your step. I want to challenge all of us to commit to this step. I want you to just take out your phone and take a picture of this right now. This is the, what I'm calling the response to the message. And, and, and I want you to commit to start praying this powerful prayer daily over the course of this next week. Let's pray together right now. Lord, search my heart and help me to become more honorable. Lastly, I want you to take a picture of this reflection question. Here's what I want you to wrestle with. What do you fear most about earnestly asking God to search your heart. All right? Make sure you get back uh, with us uh, next Sunday for week two of Dangerous Prayers. You do not want to miss it at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m.